to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. My name is Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Thursday, July the 8th, and all the baseball that is taking place throughout the day on Thursday. As you guys know, Thursday is always a little weird when it comes to the MLB schedule, so we have a seven-game featured night slate that gets going past 7 p.m. Eastern time on DraftKings. That's where most of the attention of this video is going to be, but we will also touch on some of those afternoon games and get into some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But before we do any of that, let's talk about prize picks. If you head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So do that and then use these plays on Thursday. Let's start with one of those aforementioned afternoon games. We've got the Athletics finishing off their series against the Astros, and I like Ramon Laureano to go under 6.5 fantasy points. Laureano's been scuffling at the plate since the beginning of July. It's not a huge sample size, obviously, but just a 41 WRC+. Plus in that limited sample of plate appearances. And really, at the end of the day, good rule of thumb with Loriano. If he's facing a left-handed pitcher, green light. If he's facing a right-handed pitcher, red light. Uh, Loriano this season is batting just 202 against righties. He is batting 303 against left-handed pitching. So it's a pretty easy, it's a pretty easy, Clear line in the sand with where Loriano stands. I believe he's got a 150 WRC plus against lefties, 100 flat league average against right-handed pitching. So against Lance McCullers Jr., who is a right-handed pitcher, this is not the ideal split for Loriano. And also, McCullers has been particularly tough on right-handed batters so far in 2021. McCullers allowing righties to hit just 176 with a 256 Woba. So not a lot of right-on-right success against the Astros right-hander. So I think that is an under for Loriano. However, in the opposite direction, let's take a big over with Bo Bichette. This is one of the bigger numbers we've actually talked about in these videos, but it's a really nice matchup for Bichette against Keegan Aiken, the left-hander from the Orioles. So I like Bichette to go over 9.5 fantasy points it's big. It's a big number. But Bichette's been really interesting. Uh, if you go back to June 8th, so one full month, coming into play on Wednesday, Bichette was hitting 352 with a 151 WRC+. I don't want to say it's completely lost in the shuffle, but with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doing what he's been doing so far this season with Marcus Semien and Teoscar Hernandez making the all-star team with George Springer finally coming back into the Jays lineup. It's kind of gone a little underappreciated just how well Bichette has been hitting lately. Uh, those numbers are off the charts, and that doesn't even factor in his performance on Wednesday, which was 3-for-5 with a home run, his 16th of the season. So Bichette can really accumulate fantasy points in a lot of different ways. He's 12-for-12 in stolen bases as well, uh, leads baseball in runs scored. So again, just tons of ways to pick up those fantasy points. And he's been specifically great 
against left-handed pitching so far this season. He has a 171 WRC plus against Southpaws. The Jays' implied team total is going to be ridiculous for this game on Wednesday. It's been over six in the first two games of this series against Baltimore. I would expect it to be the same. So I like Bichette. I like all the Jays. We're not really going to talk too much about the Blue Jays from a offensive stack perspective on that 7 game, 7 p.m. slate. But obviously, if you can afford some Blue Jays, get some Blue Jays into your lineup. So we will do that on prize picks. Bichette over 9.5. Loriano under 6.5. Okay, let's talk about the 7 game slate. Um, Surprisingly, for a slate this small, a lot of really good pitching options. Uh, This is a deep pool of pitchers. You just keep going down the list and you think, okay, well, that has to be the value option I like. And then you might see someone better. So we'll get to like the mid-tier, low-end options in just a second. But before you do that, it is kind of striking to see the two options you have above $10,000 on this slate. You have Max Scherzer at 10-4 and you have Hugh Darvish at 10-2. They are going up against each other. Washington is playing San Diego on the West Coast. So really, really compelling matchup. Uh, Which guy do you go with? That is the natural question. That is the obvious question uh, that you have to ask yourself when you start building lineups for this slate. I think you have to lean Darvish. I don't think that's going to be an unpopular opinion. I do think Darvish ends up carrying more ownership than Scherzer in this spot. And if that's really meaningful to you, then maybe just go with Scherzer. Because again, it's not like Scherzer's ever in a bad spot. But I think it it's clear that from a matchup perspective, Darvish is in a much better situation. Uh, you've got a Nationals team that, one, is missing Kyle Schwarber. That's huge, because he's been such a big part of their offensive turnaround the past month. They've always hit better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. They have a 107 WRC plus for the season against lefties, just a 94 WRC plus against righties. And again, Kyle Schwarber, among their qualified hitters, is the best hitter they have against right-handed pitching. He's got a 155 WRC plus within the split. So that 94 isn't even really 94. And they were much worse against righties uh, prior to the little hot streak that Kyle Schwarber had been on. So they're just not great against right-handed pitching. And Hugh Darvish is one of the best right-handed pitchers in all of baseball, especially when he's pitching at home in San Diego in 2021. He's got a 2.12 ERA, a 33.5% strikeout rate, excuse me, and a 28.5% strikeout minus walk rate, which is beyond elite. That is a huge number. So Darvish pitching really, really well at Petco, coming off a bad start, but Again, I think this is a really good matchup for him against Washington, whereas the Padres across the last 14 days basically have the best offensive numbers in all of baseball, regardless of category. You want to go slugging percentage, you want to go WOBA, you want to go WRC+, the Padres lead the league in that category. So not a scary matchup for Max Scherzer. Nothing's a scary matchup for Max Scherzer, but if you had to pick the team you would want Scherzer to go up against the least, it would probably be the Padres. So again... Scherzer is going to be less popular, but I think that's for good reason. I think Darvish is the better play. But you don't necessarily have to use either of those guys if you want to save some money and maybe stack the Blue Jays like we were talking about before. Uh, Tons, tons of viable, above-average pitching options on this slate. We're not even really going to talk about, like, Tariq Skubal 
or like JT Brubaker, but guys who I, I definitely don't hate. Uh, but the three names who sort of stand out, let's start with the most expensive. Taiwan Walker is $8,400 going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So already that checks such a massive box. The Pirates are just not an offense you're very afraid of. And the couple times where you're like, oh, maybe the Pirates could be good today, it's usually against a left-handed pitcher because Brian Reynolds, K. Brian Hayes, Jacob Stallings, uh, they're all much better against left-handed pitching than they are against right-handed pitching. But Taiwan Walker so far this season, he's striking out over a batter per inning, 9.2K per nine. He's got a 3.06 FIP, just solid, a really solid pitcher. And $8,400 is a relatively cheap price point for someone who's been pitching as well as he has and is going up against the Pirates. Uh, Danny Duffy is a full $1,000 cheaper than Taiwan Walker. He is 7400 going up against a Cleveland team that just scored one run across 14 innings of baseball on Wednesday. That includes getting no hit by just a cavalcade of, like, whatever relievers for the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I know that's kind of what they do, but... You know, it's it's not like Tyler Glasnow was out there no-hitting this team. It was Matt Weisler. So Cleveland's offense has just been pretty underwhelming as of late. I think they are a matchup that you can exploit. And Danny Duffy so far this season has a 2.60 ERA, a 26% strikeout rate. Um, he's just been perfectly fine. I know the pitch count has been a little bit worrisome lately, but I think he's back up to full strength. And I just have no faith in Cleveland's offense right now. They have also lost nine games in a row. So I think the win expectancy is relatively high for Danny Duffy, or at least as high as it gets for a Royals starting pitcher. So certainly someone to take a look at at $7,400. And then the other guy, maybe the guy I like the most of these three, happens to also be the cheapest. That is Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays going up against the Baltimore Orioles. We know the Orioles are a much more stout offensive team when they're facing a left-handed pitcher as opposed to a right-handed pitcher. And Manoa has been fantastic his last two starts, which includes an outing against these Baltimore Orioles. Uh, his last two starts, 13 innings pitched, no earned runs, seven hits allowed, 16 strikeouts. He just threw seven scoreless innings against the Tampa Bay Rays this past weekend. He had an 18.3% swinging strike rate in that contest. Uh, I believe he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Maybe it was the seventh inning. Uh, but his slider looked unhittable. In that game, I guess if you're nitpicking, you could say this is the third time he's faced Baltimore in his past four starts. Maybe they've got a bit of a read on this guy, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really fear Baltimore against a right-handed pitcher. Manoa's pitching incredible right now, and he's just $6,800. That is super cheap for someone who, you know, only seven starts in, in his major league career right now. Some of the ERA estimators aren't as kind as his actual ERA, but a 2.70 ERA and a 30% strikeout rate uh, for the rookie. So this is incredibly cheap, sub $7,000 price point. I am all over Alec Manoa on Thursday, and I believe I won't be alone in that capacity. Uh, let's talk about my least favorite pitcher on Thursday's slate, a.k.a. the guy I want to stack against. And I, like, I know times are tough with the Twins. I know they don't have a lot of options, but I cannot believe they keep putting Jay Happ back out there. It, it is some sort of punishment to their fan base because, I don't know, just Jay Happ's been terrible. I, I know you don't really need to divide up his season to make it seem like he's been extra bad lately, but he's been extra bad lately. Uh, you go back to the beginning of June, 
in that 29-inning sample. So there's your first red flag. He's only thrown 29 innings in the seven starts he's made going back to the beginning of June. 7.45 ERA. And you might be saying, oh, well, that, I'm sure, like, I'm sure the ERA estimators paint a much rosier picture of that span of time, Gary. And, oh, they don't. His FIP is actually worse. It's 7.48. He has been awful in that stretch. 3.4 home runs per nine, a nine, excuse me, a 690 opponent slugging percentage in that span. Those are video game numbers. Those are numbers that don't even make sense. So it's pretty much at a point where I'm willing to stack any team against Jay Happ, and that definitely includes the Detroit Tigers. We kind of had this conversation, I want to say three or four weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, but the Tigers aren't a punching bag anymore. Their offense has actually been pretty good. It's been above average the last 30 days. They actually have the, the ninth best WOBA in baseball across the last 30 coming into play on Wednesday, and then they proceeded to score five runs in a win against Texas. So it's not like that number went down. Um, and you're getting all these Tigers bats for super cheap. Yeah, you got to pay up for Jonathan Scope. Uh, he's $5,400. He's cooled off slightly. But he's still hitting so well since mid-May. Uh, Eric Haas is an incredible play, uh, considering what he has done against left-handed pitching so far this season. 204 WRC plus in 59 plate appearances. He's just $4,300. You've got Candelario at $3,400. Grossman at $3,100. Pair of switch hitters who are hitting in the middle of that lineup. I would love to see Grossman back up at the top of the order against lefties. It's been Akil Badu. Lately, against everyone, uh, including lefties, but he's got a negative WRC plus left on left this season. So I would hope, like crossing my fingers, that Grossman's up in the leadoff spot. That would do wonders for his value. But still, $3,100 for a guy with a 134 WRC plus against left-handed pitching so far this season. If he hits fifth, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but again, you'd love to see him hit leadoff. Uh, even Miguel Cabrera. He's a flat $3,000. He's got a 106 WRC plus against left-handed pitching so far this season. Probably going to hit third or fourth against, you know, Jay Happ, who's Jay Happ. Uh, I would even go so far to say Zach Short could be someone I take a serious look at on Thursday. He's just $2,300. It's always so hard to find value at shortstop to begin with, so that's a pretty enticing price point. He's also got, again, super small sample, but in the 14 at bats he's had against left-handed pitching so far this season. He's got two home runs and three extra base hits. So he can do some damage within that split. He's proven it already. He is dirt cheap, and he's at a position where sometimes you'd like to punt it anyway. So I really think the Tigers are a marvelous stack, mostly because of Jay Happ, but somewhat because they've been hot lately and because they are just incredibly cheap. They make everything else work in your lineups. Okay, before we get out of here, Let's talk about some best bets, and really, let's just bleed that conversation over about the Tigers, because we are headed to the pound when it comes to best bets. We are talking about two underdogs that I like on Thursday, and that starts with the Tigers. I have a hard time believing the Tigers are the underdog in this game against the Twins. I understand it's on the road. I understand the Twins have been playing a little bit better the past three weeks, but Tigers' money line is plus 120. We just talked about Jay Happ and how terrible he's been since the beginning of June. You know who's been really good lately? Tarek Skubal. Skubal, across his last nine starts, so a pretty considerable sample, 
has a 3.44 ERA and a 3.31 xFIP. He's also got a 32.9% strikeout rate in that span of time. The Tigers are 7-3 in their last 10 games, and they are 4-0 their past four games against a left-handed starter. So all the trends lean towards Detroit. The pitching matchup leans towards Detroit. The Twins can hit, but if Josh Donaldson's not in the lineup for this game, he's been day-to-day. I believe he's missed the past two games for the Twins. I mean, that's a, that's a huge chunk of their offense right there. I, I just feel like, at the very least, these are two teams who are incredibly similar. And then everything kind of leans Detroit aside from that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Detroit at plus money. Uh, look, you can't expect to win every uh, plus money bet you make, but I really like this one. I think Detroit has a really solid chance of taking this one against the Twins. I also like the Royals at plus money against Cleveland. Uh, the Royals' money line is plus 133. We got burned by this on Wednesday. Uh, you know, we picked on the Cubs, who had lost 11 in a row. I guess it was finally their time to win. They had, like, three unearned runs against Zach Wheeler in the first inning. It was just downhill from there. Um, but let's go back to the let's, let's go back to the well. Let's try it again. Uh, Cleveland has lost nine in a row. They've lost 11 of their last 12 games. I think Danny Duffy's a pretty good pitcher, and I'm not exactly blown away by Zach Plezak. Uh He's expected to make this start. He's going to be activated from the IL to make this start. He's going to be on a pitch count. They're saying 60. So even if Plezak is good, he's probably not pitching into the fifth. So that's a lot of innings in middle relief for Cleveland's bullpen, and their strength is really the back end of that bullpen. Um yeah, I, and Plesak in general, like, we're talking about someone who's got a 4.53 FIP. He's striking out just 16% of opponents. Like, not really my cup of tea anyway. So, even if you want to say this is a neutral pitching matchup, you've got a Cleveland team that is reeling right now. And, yeah, I'll, I'll just take the Royals on the road at plus money, plus 133. So, two underdogs, Royals money line, Tigers money line, and that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.